Welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, the what podcast, where we are elevating the voice of women in basketball. We are part of the Almighty Baller Radio Network, and you can find us as part of the Blazer's Edge podcast feed. I am Tara, and I am so happy that Kendall is back with us. Kendall, so great to talk to you today. It's great to be back. It feels like it's been a really long time. It feels like the whole landscape of the NBA has changed since the last time we talked. Yeah, it's completely different. It's not not even slightly. It's going to be just a completely different year. Yeah, we are going to get into some of the things that we, uh, we're going to talk to about free agency in a minute. Before we dive into that, though... You've been doing some pretty cool stuff this summer, and I just keep saying, oh, Kendall will be back, but I've never really you know, talked anything at all about what you've been up to, but you've been up to a couple really cool things. One is you've been involved with the World Cup, uh, coverage mm-hmm. of the World Cup, and also the Big Three, which are both mm-hmm. things that I would love to hear more about. So with the World Cup, um, were you into soccer before you started, you know, doing some of the stuff that you've been doing this summer with it? Yeah. So I actually grew up playing soccer. Um, I stopped in high school, so I didn't play. I haven't played recently. Um, but yeah, growing up, I, I watched it. I wasn't super into it. I didn't follow players. Um, I didn't really any, follow any team specifically, but I just kind of liked watching it. I was just very into watching it. Um, and then the past, I think probably two World Cups, I haven't really gotten that into. Um, but obviously, following it and work, working for Fox Sports right now, basically, I mean, they're um, the main broadcast, or they're the main company that's broadcasting uh, the World Cup. So obviously, I've been very involved and kind of have to follow it. But also, it's it's been a it's been an amazing World Cup. So it's been very fun to follow. What I don't want to you know take over the whole basketball podcast with soccer talk, but I know that the it's on a lot of people's minds. So what are some of the a couple of highlights of things that you've watched in the in the tournament so far? Um, yeah, so I think it's been really interesting of basically going into any tournament like this, even with the NBA playoffs, you look at the big star players and you think they're going to make it to the end. And with a lot of these big leads like the NFL, NBA, they do. And I think what's been interesting with the World Cup is all of those big stars are no longer in it and they haven't been in it for a while. So you get your Ronaldo, Messi, and then uh, Neymar, who is the last one. So those are kind of the big three like soccer stars and none of them are in it anymore. They all got eliminated pretty early. So it's been kind of interesting to watch that and then also have the reigning champs, uh, Germany get eliminated very early too. So it's kind of been interesting to see people like fans reacting to that, to see like all of these kind of teams that haven't been in this position for a while now are getting this chance to go for the world cup. And it's, it's been really, really cool to watch. That's so different from how things are in the NBA. I mean, I just thought about like, what would it be like if LeBron lost in the first round and nobody, you know, there weren't, there weren't any of these big stars. I mean, that just, I couldn't even imagine that ever happening NBA, but this, you know, the world cup is on the world stage. It's really Mm -hmm. super intriguing. It's it's so competitive. And I think that's what, is kind of interesting about it is that these teams it's not they're not guaranteed just because they have the best player or one of the top 
three best players in the world, they're not guaranteed to make it. And I think with the NBA, that's kind of how it is. Um, so it's interesting to watch that because it's like just because you have the best player, there's so many players. I mean, there's 11 people on the field at once for one team. So there's that best player doesn't touch the ball nearly as much as LeBron does in a game. So they have less of an impact on minute-to-minute gameplay. So it's interesting because it's, it's just so much more competitive. Do you have a team that you're pulling for? Um, I, you know, I was pulling for Argentina because I, I am a big Messi fan. I really liked him. I was hoping he would uh, finally win, but they <laughs> clearly did not have a great uh, great time this year. But um, as of right now, I'm pulling for France. So today was France and Belgium played, and I said whoever won that match I was going to pull for because I've been saying for a while now that one of those teams was going to win. So I was like, whoever wins the match today, that's who I'm going with. And France won. So I'm pulling for France now. I don't have a huge – I'm not like – I don't care a ton about it. I think it's really interesting, but I, I'm not necessarily a, I'm not a France fan. But um, at this point, yeah, I mean that, that's kind of who I'd like to see win. But yeah. Well, in addition to the World Cup, you've also been doing the Big Three League, and that's really intriguing to me because I remember when they announced it two years ago that they were going to start the Big Three League with the basketball tournament, and I was wondering what it was going to be like. What are your impressions of the Big Three League? Yeah, so it's interesting because it's, um, I think in theory, it's like, it's really great. And I think a lot of the time it is really great, but it can be kind of hit or miss because obviously um, none of these players for the most part were ever like star players. There's a couple that kind of were, but even then most of the time they were like, a six man or something like there's no big huge names in there. Um, and a lot of them are just, they're just doing it for fun, but they do take it pretty serious. So it's some of the games are really fun to watch and are really exciting and super competitive. And then there's other games that are just kind of a little painful to watch. Um, so it's kind of hit or miss, but it's interesting because they don't have a time limit. It's, it's based off of points. So whatever team gets to 50 points first, first wins so whether that takes 10 minutes or an hour and a half they're gonna play to 50 points oh I didn't know that that, yeah so it can be very um it can be interesting it can be very very short or it can be really long (laughs) and those games are those games are pretty painful but um and there's also a four point shot so yeah do they use that very much um, they don't usually make them. They try a decent amount. They don't usually make them. I mean, there's four every Friday. There's four games, and on an average night, maybe two to three are made between the four games. Okay, so not a, not high a lot, but it, shot. yeah, <laughs> no. But they when they do make them, they get very very excited. <laughs> so I bet it's, it's definitely fun to watch. Exciting. Yeah, that's what everyone's waiting for. Now, do they have yeah. uh, like a, a player coach type situation, or do they have actual coaches? And they have coaches. Yeah, okay. so they have and those um, are like the big name guys, right? Yeah. So um, there's. Yeah, so some of the coaches, most of them, they are players, or they like they're um, they're retired players, or they um, are previous coaches, or they're both, or whatever it may be. But um, yeah, so there's like Gary Payton is the big name, so he's okay. he's the big one that he's 
um, one of the coaches. And then there's like Nancy Lieberman, who she was um, in the WNBA. She's a coach. So there's there's a lot of people. Um, there are some big names, but then there's also some not huge names. So it's kind of all over the place. But it's definitely a, an interesting group of people that they have. And it's, um, for the most part, like everyone's very excited to be there. So it's a really cool like, environment. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you have been having a really, really busy summer. Yes. <laughs> uh, another group of folks who've had um, a busy summer are people who are free agents and their agents. We are, of course, in talking about the NBA free agency period. And I don't think we've talked to each other since LeBron became a Laker. No, we haven't. What do you think about that? And you're down in L.A., so yeah. what's the reaction been down there? Um, it's been mixed. I mean, I personally, I wasn't surprised at all. I was hoping he wouldn't come to the Lakers, but I pretty much knew he was going to. A good so Trailblazer no su- fan. Good yeah. job. <laughs> it was it was no surprise at all. Um, yeah, as a Trailblazer fan, it is kind of um, a weird situation to be in because I am a big LeBron fan. But as a Blazers fan, I can't be a Lakers fan. So I'm kind of in this weird position now of how much can I support the Lakers? <laughs> so yeah, and, and I then, know a lot of people who are in that position. Yeah, now being in LA and um, next year I plan on moving here full time. So then it's like I'm just 100% kind of diving into this community. So it's like, yeah, it's a little, it's a weird situation, but I'll I'll maneuver through it. I'll figure it out. But um, yeah, it didn't surprise me at all. I think for the most part, everyone knew he was going to be coming. And if you didn't think he would, you knew there was a big chance. Um, But the reaction here has been interesting. I think a lot of people are very excited because obviously having the best player Mm -hmm. in the world on your team is not a bad thing. Um, But then there are a lot of the diehard Kobe fans who are not happy about it. I just worried I can't about imagine it. not being happy about LeBron coming to your team. Yeah. Well, there's there's people who are like really big Kobe fans tend to not like LeBron. Yeah. So because there's always that rivalry. Right. So then to also have him come, a lot of people are worried that he's going to change Kobe's legacy, which I think is kind of ridiculous. Um, I don't think that he. I don't think anything can change Kobe's Lakers legacy at this point. I think it's pretty set in stone. Um, but I do kind of understand having like the player that you hate that was kind of like the the person that you always got compared to your like golden player of your franchise is now on your team. I can understand where that is kind of hard, but the Lakers the past few years have been very irrelevant. The uh-huh. only thing that made them relevant was LeVar. <laughs> and that's not that's not that's not a positive thing at all. So I think I think they sh- I think it can be like for those diehard Kobe fans, I think it can be hard, but I think ultimately like they're going to like what they get is because now all of a sudden the team is, I mean, they're in they the picture to win the championship. Again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they might be able to get Lonzo, like Lonzo might be getting out of there. So that's another good thing. So there's a lot going on that I think people will get over it. I don't, I think those, especially the diehard fans, like they're not just going to, if, especially if LeBron starts winning for them, they're not just going to like keep hating him. Yeah. So. Gee, wouldn't it be horrible to be in that situation? Ugh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 
Well, so with regards to the Blazers as Trailblazer fans, what, um, how do you feel about what's been going on with them so far? I mean, we've talked about it a bunch on the, on the weekly podcast, so I don't want to get into it too Mm -hmm. much, but I haven't heard what your thoughts are. Yeah. Well, um, I think it's probably no surprise that I'm very unhappy about Ed Davis walking, Mm -hmm. um, especially kind of hearing the reports of that he wanted to stay and they, didn't make it work and for how cheap he ended up going to the Nets. So obviously, yeah, that's not great. And I said when uh, the season was over, when we had talked about free agency and talked about the summer of what we wanted from the Blazers, I think we all had kind of agreed, everyone that we had talked to was the number one priority needs to be re-signing Ed Davis. Yeah, and so the much fact for that. that they, <laughs> yeah, the fact that they didn't prioritize that um, – and they haven't really made any big moves yet, made me nervous because I could understand if they let him walk and then they signed someone that kind of replaces him, but they haven't done that. So I'm still waiting. And I know that they're, I know Neil's been talking about obviously all these trades and all, but he does that every year and that doesn't ever really pan out. So trying to stay optimistic. Um, Haven't been doing a great job at it, but I'm trying. I do really like the Seth Curry signing. Um, I'm actually a big fan of that. So I think that's good. I really, I actually do really like the two rookies that we got. So um, I think those are both, like, obviously, um, they've both been doing very well in summer league. So I think that's, that's good. We'll, t- we'll talk about that. But obviously, that's really good. But yeah, I think I'm, I'm still, I'm still waiting for them to do more, but I feel like that's kind of always the story with the Blazers. They're always waiting for that next move and it never happens. So we'll see. I I feel like I'm obligated to say ever since the summer of 2016, I mean, like like, we're all just going to get like bumper stickers in Portland or like t-shirts to say something about ever since the summer of 2016. Although I really wish we could move on from it. (laughs) Well, so a couple uh, more years, right. Um, so league-wise, any big surprises for you this off season? Yeah, well, I, I mean, think bes- besides Boogie is probably what you're to say. Um, yeah, I think that's obviously the biggest one is Boogie going to Warriors. I think that's kind of among all NBA fans that is big. Um, yeah, that's. I still, I still can't really like believe that he did that, but. <laughs> But it's so so that kind of goes along with what my biggest surprise of the offseason was is, you know, how we've talked before about I always think it's interesting to imagine like what all the different courtship rituals are going to be like when Mm -hmm. one team like courts the big star, you know, like, you know, the classic Kevin Durant with the virtual reality glasses and Blake Griffin with the, you know, whole um, arena play or whatever they did for him yeah Um, you know and like they were just getting more and more outrageous and my thought my mind was always like what's going to be the next you know crazy pitch that some team gives to somebody and that didn't happen at all this year except for like maybe the um the big party that okc threw to announce Mm -hmm. that paul george was staying but other than that i mean it really instead of teams you know courting all of these big name players it was literally like boogie going knocking door to door (laughs) with like a trick-or-treat bag (laughs) please will you give me something it was like the polar opposite of what i was looking forward to as you know one of them that's always the most interesting thing to me and this was just like that completely threw me for a loop when it comes to things that like really surprised me 
Yeah, and I think that what's interesting about that is obviously coming off of his injury and with his obviously kind of his attitude problems and all of that. I think that it made sense that he he wanted that max deal, and it made sense that he didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't think that anyone really expected that. He, I think he thought he was going to get it, but I don't think like anyone else thought he was going to get that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that like he didn't really get any offers that does surprise me because he still is one of the best players in the league despite everything. So that is interesting. But I think that kind of speaks on the way people looked at him though around the league is kind of. He is, has an attitude problem. He has these issues. And I think what I find interesting is what I've seen a lot of is that a lot of people think that he's going to be kind of the downfall of the Warriors is because he's going to go in there and he's going to cause problems. Because hmm. he kind of changes that whole chemistry yeah. and he's going to be on the bench for half of the year. So yeah. he's going to be talking and he's not going to be backing it up with playing or doing anything. So I think – that's going to be interesting. They're are they're going to I mean they already were the most teed up team in the league and they're just going to go even higher now. Yeah, I mean it very well could be. I mean sometimes, you know, when you're playing chemist and you're making magical concoctions, you just add one too many things and it might not be in and of itself, you know, a bad element, but just the chemistry could be off and it could just mm-hmm. make everything fall apart. And I think, you know, and I don't know how much of his, you know, the rumored um and how much of the locker room stuff is you know the situations that he was in mm-hmm. and you know I, I don't know but obviously the injury too is such an unknown how well he will come back from that but even boogie on one leg i mean <laughs> is going to be a really good player he's still going to take up space and be able to to do a lot but his situation leads me to the other thing that i thought was really surprising about the offseason so far was all the one-year deals Okay, listen to this list. And this mm-hmm. is not even a complete list. This was just like me. I was running down the real GM um, trade, you know, free agency tracker. Boogie Cousins, DeAndre Jordan, Trevor Ariza, JJ Redick, Tyreek Tari- Evans, Rajon Rondo, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Kyle O'Quinn, Gerald Green, Anthony Tolliver, Mario Hazonia, Derek Rose. It goes on and on and on. These are all mm-hmm. guys who signed one year contracts. And I think it's fascinating that that was the, that was the thing that every pick, everybody picked up on doing this year is like, okay, mm-hmm. we're just going to go with one year and we're going to take it from there. Yeah. Well, I think that's interesting because I think a lot of it obviously has to do with the, the contract of being able mm-hmm. to next year, they'll get more money. I think mm-hmm. that obviously has a lot to do with it, but I think a lot of it too is I think players are getting to the point where because of the way things are changing and how much players are coming out now and requesting trades and demanding trades in a way that like didn't used to happen. I think players are being less and less hesitant to commit long-term to teams because they want, they want to hold more freedom. So they're like, I'm only going to sign a one year, two year with a player option or something like that, because they're like, I want to have more control in what I do season to season. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's flipping it's changing now to where the power is starting to be even more so in the players' hands, which mm-hmm. I think is obviously good for them. But I think that that's kind of scary for the league because then you see things like DeMarcus Cousins signing with the Warriors, or and you, you see things like that. Yeah, or you see, you know, 
for the the other thing is is the guys who do sign the longer contracts, which is why they're probably just going to keep getting shorter, is because if they're not happy, then they can demand a trade and they can just really muck things up. Yeah, like you know, like Kawhi is doing right now in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it it's really different. I mean, it was a huge list of 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 one year deals of all the signings that you've that you've been uh tracking or noticed do you think any of them are like sneaky good like oh that one's going to be really good for that team or like you impressed you with like oh dang that was a nice one yeah so um i actually didn't think this when i first saw the signing um, but I changed my mind on it is Lance Stevenson to the Lakers. Oh, so interesting. I initially, when I saw that, obviously the first thing is you think of is Lance versus LeBron and uh-huh. you think of that whole thing. Um, and you think like, how is that going to work? But then the more I thought about it and the more I kind of like was seeing different reports, I don't know if this is true, but I did see a report that supposedly LeBron recruited him. Hmm. So I, I don't know if that's true. Don't quote me on that. Um, but I did see something and I, I, that made me think he, he does, despite everything, he is a salt. He is a very solid player and he, um, Lance, Lance, you mean? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And he does have a high basketball IQ. And I think that is something that LeBron wants around him. And I think that LeBron will like playing with him more than playing against him. Mm-hmm. And I think something that's interesting is especially looking at this Warriors team and seeing they were already the most teed up team in the league. Now add DeMarcus Cousins, who is known for being a hothead, known mm-hmm. for getting ejected and teed <gasps> up all the time. Add Lance Stevenson. Add oh my gosh, that's like brilliant. Who he can literally get under everyone's skin. So like, I feel like in a lot of ways, like, yes, he is a solid player. He's going to help out in that regard. But I feel like in a lot of ways, his biggest role on the team is going to be to get under people's skin. If it if his job is you better not get ejected, but get Demarcus or Draymond out of the game, he can do that. He can get under the skin, and he can be the person to get them out of the game. Oh, I love your sneaky mind, Kendall. That's yeah. so great. Or the other person that's kind of like that is Rondo. Mm-hmm. Rondo Rondo is also kind of like that. He's not as upfront about it people don't necessarily always think of him immediately as that but his record is he he dits under people's skin too and i think having the two of them is they can just gain up on someone and get someone out of the game get someone to just especially someone like draymond Mm -hmm. or even someone like kevin durant Mm -hmm. who's been having a lot of issues with that type of stuff and even steph has been doing stuff recently so i think they can get under those players' stints and get them out of the game. So I think that's kind of a whole new tactic that, like, whether that's on purpose or not, which I I don't think it's a – I don't think necessarily that is the only reason they got signed, but I definitely think that was on their mind. And I definitely think that's something that LeBron would try to get them to do. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I mean, I was just thinking – I hadn't thought it through that carefully. I was just thinking that it was a case of LeBron thinking, you know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. So, like, you know, get everybody on your team who's given you a hard time in the past. 
unless mm-hmm. they're of course one of the members of the team from the bay area and i just okay. thought he was shooting the moon i thought he was just like okay just bring me all the people who are good players but have really struggled in lots of different situations bring them to me and i'm gonna show everybody that i am the master and mm-hmm. i can turn us into you know i'm a you know uh, a wizard and i can just turn us into something incredible no matter who you bring. I mean, because look at what he did last year. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the first half of the year, maybe not so much, but the second half of the year, he uh, he had a better team around him and he could just because mm-hmm. I really do think that he is getting into the phase of his career where he's world building. You know, he's like mm-hmm. going to be learning how to be a GM and a manager and, you know, and a coach and all of those things all rolled into one. And so he's going to be doing a lot more I think, and I have nothing to base this on, but I just <laughs> see him. I see that like people, people are assuming, I, you know, nobody knows what's in his mind. And we, you know, he moved to LA because it was better for his family and that's what they wanted to do. And he saw the potential. Um, but I really think he also wanted to go to an, a historic organization and an organization mm-hmm. with all that history um, because he wants to, be a part of an organization, like have his own organization that has that kind of, that ends up having that kind of deep history and legacy. And I think that's why a a part of why he chose to do that. So my sneaky good move, um, well for Brooklyn is that they got a Davis for a good bargain. And I think they're going to be really happy with it. I was reading, it's really hard. I can only do it for a few minutes at a time, but I was reading some of the Nets blogs um, and talking to some Nets bloggers about how they feel about Ed Davis. And of course they're excited because one of the things mm-hmm. that um, they appreciate, because, you know, I mean, Ed's, you know, 4.9 points or whatever that he scored per game aren't necessarily what we're going to miss about him. It's um, all the other things and what they are looking for is somebody to come in and teach them a little bit of toughness and get a little, uh, you know, give them a little bit of backbone in that center position. And so I think that they got a really good deal with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also definitely. love what uh, I love what the 76ers are doing with JJ Reddick. So they paid him 23, like 23 million last year. They're paying him 13 this year and he could, if they wanted to take three next year and he still would have made a boatload of money over the last three years. Yeah. Just like them, them front loading that one year so hugely that now at this point he's like, sure, I'll take 10 million. And he's making $10 million less than he did the year before, um, which, you know, but he's obviously provides value to that team. And, you know, he's, um, you know, a part, he's a component, whether or not he's a component that's going to go into the whole future. He's, you know, clearly right now, uh, an important part of it. So I think they, they've been treating him pretty smart. I just enjoy how he plays anyway. Mm-hmm. Any, any moves in the free agency that you think might come to haunt people or which, which one do you think is most likely going to come to haunt people? Cause often these do. <laughs> I think, uh, I think probably the Dwight Howard to the Wizards. I think not only does does Dwight Howard kind of make every team that he goes to crumble, but he, I think he just doesn't even slightly fit with the Wizards. Like despite that, like the fact of that he like destroys teams, mm-hmm. he just doesn't fit in with that team at all. I don't think personality wise I think there's going to be issues there I think him and John Wall are going to butt heads I think there's going to be a lot of issues and just playing wise I think it's just it's a weird 
I think it's a weird fit. I think it's not going to work out. I think the Wizards are going to be worse this year than they were last year because of it. And yeah, I think it's just a that's just a weird signing for yeah. me. Yeah, that one is is right there up there. For me, there one could go either way. It could either be sneaky, really good, or it could be really disappointing. And that's we already talked about him is Rondo because I think he could be really, really good in the situation and really good helping those young players. But if the chemistry isn't right or if they don't get off on the right foot, I fear it could all go off the rails very quickly. Um, so I I also think it could be turn out really well, but I also think it could be a pretty uh, disappointing situation. Mm-hmm. But we shall see. We shall see. Yeah. The, other, the other thing that kind of disappoints me sort of in general about kind of the way we've all been treating free agency, especially in a year like this where there was less money available, is is the fact that it has become so much about money, even for the fans. I mean, we're, you know, so many of us are like trying to dig into all these really super complex rules and we're getting down into the weeds about TPEs and MLEs and all these things that are just like, we're so down in the weeds and it's all about money. And we're, we're talking about it in terms of just cash and you know, it it kind of exemplified for me in the whole Ed Davis conversation, because Mm -hmm. I mean, we all knew that Ed Davis was like, you know, that the the Blazers had drafted players to prepare for the day where Ed Davis was going to be a free agent and he might leave. So we all knew, and we all knew that the Blazers were in a really bad cap situation. And so we understand, you know, logically the financial aspect of what happened and why Ed left and why the Blazers are in a very tenuous position. But that doesn't mean that a team can't go ahead and make a decision for a personnel reason rather than a financial reason. You know what I mean? It's like we, yeah. we like we've so quickly been like, oh yeah, well, you know, Ed Davis was, you know, a um, a casualty of the bad decisions made in 2016. And that's like the line, but it just, it's like there's, there wasn't a technical reason except for having to pay more money and go into the luxury tax that they couldn't have made the decision to keep him. And Mm -hmm. just as fans, we've gotten so down into the weeds that I, I feel like we sometimes, um, don't get to dwell on the more joyous parts of um, of players and what they mean to franchises and what they mean when they leave. Like instead of having big long discussions about the favorite, our favorite things that Ed Davis ever did for us, we're having discussions about the financial sheets. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? So that's yeah, kind of a definitely. thing that I've been thinking about. But one thing that is very hopeful which is I'm so glad it always follows immediately <laughs> um, free agency is summer league. That is where I currently am. I am in Vegas. We had a, it was a very cool day. It was only a hundred today. So it was like probably the, <laughs> only a hundred, the least hot has ever been in Vegas. We had an, a huge storm last night. I, yeah. I saw that it like flooded everything. Yeah. Everything flooded. My hotels, electricity went out and like I was leaving the arena and just like massive lightning and thunder and lightning and like lots of people were caught out there. So yes, it's been a very interesting, very interesting day, but summer league itself um, is also a little bit like a storm because there's 
lots of activity. There's lots of electricity everywhere. Sometimes there's just like a flood of activity. And sometimes you're just like sitting there going, I can't believe I'm watching this basketball. This is like burning my eyes. <laughs> so it's a, it's a combination of, of good things. But I've seen, yeah. I've, I've seen some fun stuff while I've been here. Yeah. Have you, have you gotten to watch all of the Blazers games? Uh, let's see. I watched the first one at home, but then mm-hmm. I watched the Sunday game, and then today is Tuesday. I watched Tuesday's games, and this year at Summer League, there's th- all 30 teams are here, so mm-hmm. it was, a lot of games. Yeah, it was already like a really big schedule, but it's gotten even bigger. So I think they went from like around 60 games to like 82 games all together. So the last. Like three or three days, I think it's been 10 games all day. And I definitely did not take in 10 games, but I probably took in like three or four games every day. So I'm having a really hard time telling them apart, (laughs) remembering what happened in each of them. But I did. Yeah, there's so many. I did seek out um, a few key matchups. On Monday, I watched Aaron Holiday, you know, uh, Drew and Justin's little brother. He plays for Indiana, and I watched. So I watched Aaron Holiday, who's a point guard, take on Colin Sexton of the Cavaliers, another point mm-hmm. guard, and they went head to head, and that was like a really fun matchup. You know, I mean, the thing about mm-hmm. summer league is these guys are like trying to kind of do it all at once, but they're also trying to like do what their coaches are telling them to do. They're trying to show that they're co- coachable, but they're also still in like proving themselves ground and. So it's really fun when you have like, you know, two guys who have had lots of conversation about them when they get to go head to head. Because I also watched DeAndre Ayton and Mobamba go against each other the other mm-hmm. night. That was Well, that really must have been fun. Yeah. So Phoenix's DeAndre Ayton was number the number one pick and he played uh the Magic and Mobamba, who was the number six. Mobamba is a beast. Oh my gosh, that guy, he was everywhere. The night before I watched the Magic, like, absolutely destroy Memphis. But on Monday night, DeAndre Ayton's team actually beat Mobamba and they kept Mobamba under control, but he still had like five blocks. Um, yeah, Summer League he's, is, he's fun to watch. He's very fun to watch. Summer League is all like dunks and blocks, <laughs> it's just one dunk and one block, end to end, all the time. So, um, yeah, there were a lot of of dunks and blocks in that one, but but that was really fun. It's fun to watch those those young guys going at it. Um, let's see. Yeah, summer league is is very hopeful time. <laughs> yeah, it's it did you excited, especially like when your team's doing well and you're like, oh, if my young unit is good, then the team will be better. And but yeah. Doesn't always pan out that way. Yeah, the Blazers are the Blazers are looking pretty good. We we mentioned briefly at the beginning. Um, we talked about the Blazers' two draft picks, uh, Gary Trent Jr. and Anthony Simons, and both of them look good. They yeah. Um, Gary Trent Jr. has been playing really really oh well. My gosh, he has the most beautiful jump shot. It is yeah. absolutely gorgeous, and he's so personable and like such a great interview. I talked to one of the guys at Blazers Edge, um, Steve DeWald, who was covering the games and he went and he had a press pass and went and interviewed players. And he said his conversation with Gary Trent was just delightful. He was so good and just really, really easy to talk to. And, you know, as the son of a player, maybe he picked up a lot of that from his dad and just knowing what it's like to like 
you know, he kind of grew up in the NBA or at least, you know, in an NBA family. Um, so maybe he gets some of that polish from that, but he also at the same time just seems like he's a really down to earth guy and he can shoot if he can just learn how to play defense, which I don't think he's, I don't know. I, I haven't really been watching his, they don't play a lot of defense at summer. (laughs) Yeah, no, they don't. But he has a really nice shot. And then Anthony, so he is just one of those guys that has a baby face. So like one of the cool things about summer league is you get to see everybody like really up close and you realize how giant they are. They really are. And so even though he like his face looks like he's 13, I mean, he's still, you know, six, six or six, five or whatever he is. He's still a big guy when you see him yeah. up close, like next to other players. Oh, I didn't he, realize he was that tall. Is he, or, you know, he might only be six, three. Yeah. yeah. He might be a little six, three, but he's still, he's, he's not, you know, he's not the shortest guy on, yeah. on the, and also he's not necessarily the skinniest guy. There's a lot of guys that, like, well, not a lot, but there's many other guys <laughs> who are also uh, very young. I mean, because there's so many like 19 and 20 year olds and guys just don't, you know, grow all of their muscles until they're in their twenties. And so that's another nice thing about summer league is because all of the teams are there. You sort of can break out of your, your bubble and, understand the context of the whole league a little bit better and you go oh they have a really skinny guy in their team too oh they have a guy who has a baby face who looks really young and probably is going to get carded until he's 45 years old you know they just yeah i mean it's definitely cool to be able to like say that you saw those players kind of when they first got started and everything in the lead so yeah i'm i'm definitely jealous i wish i was there well, maybe next time you can next next year you can figure out how to do a little summer league coverage to go along with. Like, well, there won't be a there won't be a uh, World Cup, so maybe it'll give you a chance to. Yeah, come I'll in definitely. And- yeah, I definitely. I know some people that are at summer league right now, um, so I, hopefully I can next year kind of jump in with that. Well, is there any other thing for us to talk about with what we've been with the Blazers and what the NBA has done so far this summer? Um, I think we hit all the bid stuff. I think there's yeah. we could go on forever, but <laughs> yeah, this seems like a good a good stopping point. So um, let's go ahead and wrap it up. I will tell folks that you can find me at TCB Bigs on Twitter. And if you have any interest at all in summer league, you can go back and read my Twitter feed because I've been taking pictures and talking a lot about the games and things that I've been seeing. So if anybody has any interest in that, who is not here, who wants to check that out, please do. Um, You want to tell people how they can find you. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Kendall Bennett 16. Um, I kind of, have not been on Twitter recently on my own personal accounts, but definitely when the Blazers start making moves, I will get back into that. (laughs) Um, But as of right now, it's kind of quiet on that end. Trailblazers make a move. Yeah. (laughs) So we can, we can get, we can uh, fire up the rip city Twitter and get lots of people talking about stuff. Yes. That's, that's not just quite so, do something do something (laughs) (laughs) all right well that's gonna do it for this edition of women's hoops and talks the what podcast we're hosted by blazers edge which is part of the almighty baller radio network 
If you like what you heard, please go to the Blazer's Edge podcast feed on iTunes or Stitcher and subscribe and rate and review. We release new episodes of the What Podcast every other Thursday. And if you want to follow Hoops and Talks on Twitter, we are at Hoops and Talks. And like I said, I'm on Twitter at TCB Biggs. It's been great to talk to you, Kendall, and we will uh, be back in a couple of weeks.